bandwidth and server space for the Geometry Treehouse is provided by our educational partners at Podbean, www.podbean.com. Thanks, guys. This week, Kit and Liz talk about Chapter 2. They give you kind of an overview of everything you need to know for how far we are in the unit. Kind of a refreshing change from our retrospective last time. Girls, microphone's yours. Hey, Wild Lake Central, it's Liz and Kit doing your Chapter 2 podcast. All right, so to begin with, for Chapter 2, you basically need to know what inductive reasoning. And the exact definition from the book is the process of reasoning that a rule or statement is true because specific cases are true. So, yeah, if you don't know what that means, it's basically saying how you decide if something if a rule or statement is true. It's basically just deciding if it is. And in order to use inductive reasoning or to solve it or, you know, yeah, <laughs> uh, you need a conjecture or a counterexample. All right. Thanks, Liz. So now we are going to um, define those two terms of conjecture and counterexample. And a conjecture in the book says that it's a statement that is believed to be true. So we'll use the example that um, if you're a football player, then you're not smart. Now, a counterexample for that would be a football player who has a 4.0 or who's really smart. So there's your conjecture and your counterexample, which proves your conjecture wrong. All right, well, that sums up Section 1 of Chapter 2, so we'll move on to Section 2. Section two. And that starts off with conditional statements. And a condi conditional statement is an if-then statement or also represented as if P, then Q, with P being the hypothesis and C being the conclusion. Q being conclusion. Er <laughs> <laughs> and Q being the conclusion. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Anyways, so um, an example of that would be if it's raining outside, then we'll practice inside, with your hypothesis being if it's raining or P, and then your conclusion being, then we practice inside, being your cue. All right, now that we have that straightened out, let's talk about the next thing you need to know, which is the converse. So since for the conditional statement, it's P, then Q, for the converse, it's if Q, then P. So you basically switch around the two parts. So now it would be if we practice inside, then it's raining outside. Do you get what I mean? It's basically you just have to switch those two elements around. So so that's basically how you do the converse. And then the next two things, you have to add in another little bit of information to do them. The in, for the inverse and contrapositive, you need to know what the negation is. And that is the not version of a statement. I know that sounds kind of confusing, but don't worry. Once you get it, it's easy. So. For an example, this is just a random one. If you had your P, which is your hypothesis, if you had that equal British citizens, then your negation of P would be not British citizens. So it's like you basically put not or the opposite of whatever you're saying in front of it. So for ours, our inverse would be the, the formula thing for in, inverse is um, the negation of P than the negation of Q. So it would be, if it's not raining outside, then we're not, then we don't practice inside. Do you get what I mean? So it's, you basically just say the opposite of what your original statement says. And then for the contrapositive, it's the negation of Q, 
than the negation of p. So uh, then for that one, it's um, if we're not practicing inside, then it's not raining outside. All right, so do you get that part? And one more little thing that you just need to know is your original statement and your contrapositive will always have the same truth value. So if your original statement is true, then your contrapositive will be true. So for ours, our, tr our, con our original statement is true because if it is raining outside, then we are practicing inside. So then our contrapositive is true because if it's not raining outside, then or if it's not if we're not practicing inside then it's not raining outside do you get what that means so it's just it's just basically being able to plug in the right words with the right statements and stuff like that and I have a helpful hint for you guys to remember the what to do when you have the converse or the contrapositive of something you always just gotta call flip except for for the contrapositive you add the not so I hope that's a little helpful hint to help you remember what those mean. All right, so we're going to take a little break from our math portion and have a nice fun part. All right, so we've decided that for each of our podcasts, we're going to have a little brain teaser in it. Ooh! Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So your first brain teaser. Oh, and by the way, at the end of the podcast, if you stick around and listen for it, you'll be able to find out the answer. So... You'll be able to see if you're smart or not. <laughs> anyway, so our first uh, brain teaser is called Midnight. All right, here it is. If it were two hours later, it would be half as long until midnight as it would be if it were an hour later. What time is it? Now, right now. So if you guys need that again, all right. I'll, I'll say it one more time just in case. So the brain teaser is... If it were two hours later, it would be half as long until midnight as it would be if it were an hour later. What time is it now? So you guys get your brains going, you know, turn the key, you know, press the button, whatever you have to do to get it going. And in a little bit, if you stick around, then you'll find out the answer. And if you're, if you're smart, your answer will be correct. So that was the end for our riddle for right now. And we'll get back on track with section three. All right, so section three kind of starts off with recapping, and it goes to inductive reasoning, which is the same as a conjecture, which is based on an experience. So we'll move on to deductive reasoning, which is the conclusion, or it's based on an argument. So deductive reasoning has two laws. The first one is the law of detachment. And to go along with the law of detachment, there's three sentences that you need to know. The first one is if P, then Q. The second one is just P, and then the third one is therefore Q. So that sounds really confusing, you know, with the letters, so here's a really good example. This is the first sentence. If it's a cat, then it's a mammal, and that's if P, then Q. Then P would be Garfield is a cat, therefore Q would be therefore Garfield is a mammal. So see how it all kind of goes along? The next is the law of siliquism, and the law of siliquism also has three sentences. And the first one is if P then Q, the second one is if Q then R, and the third one is therefore P then R. Now that's extremely super confusing with all of those letters and therefores and you know, it's kind of mumble jumble. 
So here's another really good example. If it's a kiwi, then it's a fruit. P then Q. Um, if it's fruit, then it's good for you. Q then R. And therefore, P is R would be therefore, if it's a kiwi, then it's good for you. So you just kind of have to know the order to put everything in, and then it's really easy. So just make sure that whenever you're going to do the law of detachment or the law of siloquism, you just remember your really good examples that can help you. All right. Thanks, Kit, for your awesome examples. <laughs> and now we will move on to our final section in our lovely podcast, which is section four, which deals with, I don't know, a bunch of stuff. So it'll be fun. Yeah. All right. So the first thing you should know is what a good definition is. So a good definition is when the conditional statement and the converse are both true. So that's like, this is an example that Mr. Osterman gave us. If, Mr. Osterman. Yeah. Cool <laughs> if, um, if the measure of angle A equals 90 degrees, then, then angle A is a right angle, which is a true statement. Would you agree? I, I would say I, so. I agree with yeah, you Yeah, yeah. And then the converse of that statement is, if angle A is a right angle, then... The measure of angle A is 90 degrees. So that's also true. So that would make that a good definition. But another word for a good definition is a biconditional statement. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh -huh. So for a biconditional statement, it's for the symbols, it's P to Q, but it it's it's got a little catch. Instead of just having a one-way arrow, the arrows have to be facing both ways, meaning it's true if you go either way from the P to the, Q. P to the yeah P to the Q Q to the P, and the two arrow the little arrow in the middle stands for if and only if. So I'll give you an example. This is a false one that once again Mr. Osterman gave us. <laughs> he has good examples. Oh yeah, <laughs> best teacher in the whole. Time. Uh huh. <laughs> and okay, so the example is. If measure of angle A equals 35 degrees, then angle A is a Q. So you'd agree with me that that's a true statement because 35 degrees is a Q. But then the converse is, um, or, you know, if you add the if and only if, it's a measure of, this is the biconditional, the if and only if. That was the conditional statement before. So if and only if is the measure of angle A equals 35 degrees if and only if angle A is a Q. So it's true that first way, like I said earlier, but not true the other way because angle measure or sorry, angle A is acute if and only if it equals 35 degrees. You can have 45 degrees, 55 degrees. You can have anything up to 90 degrees because that's when you know you get a right angle. So that's a false um, biconditional statement. And if you want a true, uh, if you want a true statement, um, here's a true one. Angles are vertical if and only if they are opposite angles formed by two intersecting lines. Either way that you say that, it's going to be true. So that's a good example of a true statement. So that's basically everything you need to know so far in Chapter 2. And we'll just do a real quick overview. Um, 
one statement is an original statement or a conditional statement, which the symbol is P to Q, or if P, then Q. And then a, the second statement is a converse, which the symbol is um, if Q, then P. And then the third one is an inverse. Symbols are uh, the... Um, uh, sorry, one second. Let me figure out what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, the negation of P, then the negation of Q. And then the fourth one is a contrapositive statement, which is the negation of Q, then the negation of P. And then the last one that we just reviewed and we just learned is the biconditional statement, which is P if and only if Q. So, And that has the, the two arrows that face opposite directions. So um, that's basically all you need to know for Chapter 2. And now that you've stuck around for this whole entire podcast, we're going to reveal the answer to our awesome brain teaser we had in the middle of it. So on to Kit. She'll give you the answer. All right. So I hope everyone was thinking. I know we were teaching you math, and you know, and you were trying to think about the brain teaser at the same time. I could just tell. So, you know, your brain's probably pretty big by now. But anyways, if you were extremely smart then you might have guessed well hopefully you would have guessed yeah. that the answer to our brain teaser was nine o'clock p.m so if you got that correct then you are extremely smart so good job give yourself a pat oh, yeah. on the back oh, yeah oh, pat yeah, on the back all right so we will actually leave you with one more riddle and then our next podcast, we might just have the answers, so stay tuned for that. All right, we're back with your final riddle for this session's podcast. And I'm going to turn it over to Kit so she can read it off to you, and hopefully you'll be able to answer it for next time. Here she is. All right, so this one is called Belt, and it says, A magic rectangular belt always shrinks its length to one-half in width, to one-third whenever its owner wishes something. After three such wishes, its surface was four centimeters squared. What was the original length if the original width was nine centimeters? You want to repeat that maybe so they can sure. actually really get it? All right. All right, so here it is again, just in case you didn't get it the first time. A magic rectangular belt always shrinks its length to one-half and width to one-third whenever its owner wishes something. After three such wishes, its surface has, or its surface was four centimeters squared. Now, what was the original length if the original width was nine centimeters? I don't know what it is, Liz, yeah. but if they want to know what the answer is, then they're going to have to come back for our next podcast. Yeah, so I hope you enjoyed our first uh, podcast, and we really hope you'll join us next time. So, we'll see you, Liz and Kit. We are out of here. Bye. Once again, we'd like to thank our sponsors at Podbean for the server space and bandwidth. If you have questions, comments, or want to share some thoughts with the kids, feel free to drop them an email at the Treehouse. That's G-E-O-T-R-E-E-H-O-U-S-E at yahoo.com. Geotreehouse at yahoo.com. Or leave a comment at the blog site. That's gtreehouse.podbean.com. See everybody next time.